Welcome to Franchise Fix. My name is Ted, and joining me are my co-hosts, Andy and Zach. If you thought you misheard that, or I forgot how to pronounce my L's, I actually did say Franchise Fix instead of Franchise Flicks. So, this is going to be something a little different from the regular podcast that we do, because we're looking to expand the scope of the franchises that we cover beyond just movies. Uh, So this is going to sort of be a spin-off show that focuses on TV shows that either connect to a larger cinematic universe or are based on properties that are franchises in the sense that they have stories across multiple forms of media like comics, books, animation, etc. So we're calling it Franchise Fix because the show exists to give us and you uh, that extra fix of conversation about the TV properties that we all love while the episodes are being released. We're going to inject those shows straight into our veins, so to speak. Get that fix. Uh, So with all that said, let's get into the first episode. Uh, And for that, we thought it would be perfect to kick things off with uh, something that just premiered, uh, Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, So with that said, before we dive into the premiere episode we're just going to do a quick recap of some of the main characters that we're going to see in the show and where they started and where they left off in the mcu before this so first up we got bucky we first meet james buchanan is that isn't buckingham how do you say his buchanan. Name? buchanan all right <laughs> uh barnes aka bucky i like bucky better yeah, uh, yeah. Also, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier. Uh, in Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, Bucky starts things off as an American soldier during World War II. He's best friends with Steve Rogers and regularly saves him from skirmishes with guys twice his size before the super soldier serum transforms Steve into Captain America. He's later saved by Cap from Hydra and joins him and the Howling Commandos on missions against Hydra until seemingly falling to his death during a fight on a train. In Captain America, the Winter Soldier, he reemerges as a brainwashed Hydra super assassin called the Winter Soldier. After he was recovered and experimented on by Dr. Armin Zola, the top scientist for the Red Skull. In the aftermath of the takedown of Hydra's project Insight by Cap, um, Falcon and Black Widow, Bucky, seemingly have, oh, sorry, Captain Falcon and Black Widow, Bucky, seemingly has regained some semblance of him, his old self saving Captain from drowning after the Hell Carrier crashes. In in Captain America's Civil War, he is the subject of a manhunt led by T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther, after Bucky is framed for killing his father. Uh, T'Chaka, in a bombing of a conference in Vienna when the Sokovia Accords are to be ratified. It is later revealed that Helmet Zemo is the one who framed Bucky and Cap and Bucky's pursuant our pursuit of him uh, leads them to the Siberian Hydra facility where Bucky used to be housed. After Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, arrives to help them, Zemo reveals that Bucky, under Hydra control, murdered Tony's parents to obtain the Super Soldier Serum. Stark turns on Cap and Bucky. Fighting ensues, but Stark is ultimately subdued. 
allowing Cap and Bucky to escape, and Bucky is granted asylum in Wakanda after T'Challa realizes that Zemo was behind everything. During the battle with Thanos in Avengers Infinity War, Bucky is snapped out of existence when Thanos successfully uses the Infinity Stones to erase 50% of the universe's population. He re-emerges in Avengers Endgame when the Hulk successfully uses the stones to snap those lost back into existence, and he fights alongside the Avengers to finally eliminate Thanos. And that's where we left off with Bucky. Who's up next? Yeah, and uh, so the other title character we have is Falcon, uh, and that's Sam Wilson, uh, who is a former uh, pararescue man who first meets Cap on a morning jog in The Winter Soldier. Uh, Cap and Black Widow later team up with him while being hunted by Hydra. Uh, and it turns out that he was a pilot of an experimental military fight uh, flight suit codenamed Falcon. Uh, using the suit, he helps Cap save off uh, the Winter Soldier and thwart Hydra's Project Insight, which was comprised of three souped-up shield helicarriers linked to spy satellites um, de designed to preemptively eliminate threats to Hydra. In Civil War... Falcon aids Cap in the rescue of Bucky when he is pursued by Black Panther and S.H.I.E.L.D. He's also instrumental in recruiting Scott Lang, also known as Ant-Man, to help them in their efforts to clear Bucky's name. He, like Bucky, is snapped out of existence by Thanos in Infinity War and is later brought back to life by the Hulk in Endgame, aiding the rest of the Avengers in the final battle against Thanos. He's later gifted Cap's shield by an elderly Cap who had since stayed in the past after returning the Soul Stones um, and lived out his desired life with Peggy. And that's uh, that's where we leave Sam with, with Cap's shield to yep. take on the mantle. Yep. Uh, so these next two characters, I will give the caveat that They've been billed heavily in this show, but they didn't even show up in the first episode, so I don't know how involved they'll be in that case, but uh, there are at least two that I noticed that were already in the MCU that are going to show up again, so I figured we should cover them as well. Uh, so yeah. the first one uh, is going to be Sharon Carter. Uh, she's in originally introduced in The Winter Soldier as Cap's Neighbor, and it's quickly revealed that she is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, named Agent 13, uh, making her true identity known to Cap after an attempt on Nick Fury's life while in Cap's apartment. She was originally tasked with monitoring Cap by higher-ups at S.H.I.E.L.D., but assists in taking down the Hydra-infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. during the attempted implementation of Project Insight. In Civil War, she details... Uh, sorry, in Civil War, further details about her identity are revealed as she gives a eulogy for Cap's former romantic interest, Agent Peggy Carter, who had recently passed away. It turns out that she's Peggy's niece. And that's a fact that was unknown to Cap. After helping Cap locate and protect Bucky when he's framed for the Vienna terrorist attack... She shares a makeout session with Cap. It makes you wonder, did Cap tell Peggy that he hooked up with her niece? Uh, you know, when he goes back to back in time to live out the rest of his life with her. Um, you know. He definitely kept that close to the chest. Yeah. I, I wonder if we'll find out on the next MCU miniseries, Aunt Peggy and Uncle Steve. 
where there's just a bunch of awkward stares between uh, Cap and Peggy, or uh, <laughs> rather Sharon. It's like, um, it's like uh, Missy. Right. <laughs> and, and Dad's his own son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good reference to our uh, episode <laughs> on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, in that series that's coming out soon. Real quick here, too, question for you, because uh, yeah. I'm not the, the Marvel guy in this group here. Uh, how do we have, like, confirmation that it's actually her niece? Like, is that 100% confirmed? Do we know, like, the other relationships involved in this? Or is it a possibility that she could actually be, like, the product of? I mean, she says my Aunt Peggy, and her last name is Carter also. But, like, she says it? You know, do we have confirmation? Yeah, when she's giving the eulogy, she says, my Aunt Peggy. She talks no, about her. Like, beyond just her acknowledging <laughs> the aunt. Do you see her? I'm, I'm feeling like there might be incest yeah, but involved her, with this but situation. Yeah, her name is the same. Yeah, I get it, that she is the same. But, like, meaning that she's, like, not actually the, the niece, but, like, the daughter thereof. Oh. Yikes. Do we have confirmation? Well, it wouldn't have been. We don't know daughter. those other individuals involved. Who's the brother? Sister? It's got to be brother. Marriage in the United States. I you know, don't you take, know why you take we're the male, about this. male last name. These are the real questions you got to ask. <laughs> sure. I don't think anybody watching this show or any of these movies has ever asked that question. But you know what? We you're, want answers. You're only <laughs> ever going to get it here. So, <laughs> just asking questions. All right, who's next, Ted? What's the next guy? Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> so, Helmet Zemo, uh, he's supposed to be the villain of all of this. So, we first encounter Helmet Zemo in Civil War, and he's introduced as a Sokovian former special ops soldier and mercenary whose wife and son are killed during Ultron's plot to eradicate humanity in Avengers Age of Ultron. He blames the Avengers for their deaths because Bruce Banner and Tony Stark obviously created Ultron, and he thinks that the Avengers consistently leave a wake of death and destruction behind them in the name of just saving the world, obviously a great thing, but uh, they routinely fail to take account for the collateral damage during these battles. In a plot to tear the Avengers apart from the inside out, he frames Bucky for the terrorist attack in Vienna, and uses Hydra mind control tactics to get Bucky to attack his friends. Later, he reaches the Siberian Hydra base. He kills the remaining Winter Soldiers that are in stasis there, and reveals to Tony that Bucky killed his parents in 1991. This leads to a brawl in which Tony fights Cap and Bucky. Tony is ultimately defeated and subdued while Zemo attempts his escape. He tries to commit suicide, thinking that his mission is complete, but is thwarted by Black Panther, who subdues him and turns him into the authorities. The last we see of him, he's under the custody of the CIA, but he believes that he's ultimately fractured the unity of the Avengers uh, by going about the things that he does. So, so the, the last we see him was in Winter Soldier, right? Correct. So it's been a long time since he's actually been... Yeah. Uh, a part of the MCU. Yeah, it almost doesn't feel like it because you can just hop on Disney Plus and watch any of them at any time. 
But yeah, of course. that movie was in 2016, so that's a four-year gap from then. So a lot yeah. could have happened in that time. Um, well, why don't we get into the actual episode here and just talk through it and talk about what happens. So at the beginning of it, we're met with uh, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon, and he mentions that he feels like Cap's shield really doesn't belong to him. It belongs to Steve. Um, but later on, he's working with the military. Uh, he's got a military contract, they say, and he's tracking uh, this organization called LAF, which is a criminal organization that's uh, targeting a military liaison. Uh, Falcon's then tasked with stopping him, told to be subtle, uh, and he's got a buddy named Torres. I think that's the only way they name him, right? They don't say his first name at all. Yeah, he's he's new, right? Yeah, he shown up at all before. before no, uh, I'm pretty sure. He's I like him. Brand new. Yeah, I did too. And uh, I really like his character. If people on Reddit are correct, I didn't follow up on this, and I should have. Uh, but people are saying that this Torres guy is supposedly the uh, next Falcon in the comics. So yeah, I saw that on TikTok. Oh. Yeah, that, so that would be really interesting if that comes up later at a certain so he point. Just, like, gets a suit and he's Falcon. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, so yeah, he, he's his uh, buddy in the military, and he's the one who ends up sending him intel. Intel, um, LAF has already hijacked the plane that he's pursuing, uh, and he ends up using uh, Red Wing, who we see in the Avengers movies. It's uh, his little drone on his back that he can release at any point, uh, and he uses it to break into the plane, uh, beats the shit out of the LAF goons, and uh, the pilot ends up getting shot in that fight, though, and the plane starts going down. Yeah. I love when uh, the he, like, kind of peeks into the window on the plane, and the pilot's like, well, I just, yeah. just saw him. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, get out of here. <laughs> just fly the plane. You saw Falcon. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll believe that when he comes right in here. <laughs> and beats the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah, his his uh his his little Falcon drone is sweet though. Yeah, Red Wing. Like see, big see, fan of Red Wing. Yeah, yeah. Like the the way he's used in this fight is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, that the entire flight suit is so dope. Like Yeah. Oh man. It gets better from here. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, so uh, before he can rescue the liaison, he's fought by Batroc, and he's a guy that Cap ends up fighting in the beginning scenes of uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I don't know if you guys no. remember that at all. He's just no, kind of a, sure. a generic foreign villain who's really good at, like, kick fighting. He just kicks a lot. combat. Yeah. yeah, but he kicks a lot. And uh, his name's Batroc, and he shows up again. So it's another guy uh, four years since he's shown up. Um, but right, right. you don't really know much about him anyway. It's just kind of like, hey, there's a guy's face you recognize. It's just a kicky villain. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, uh, the kicky villain, uh, they end up paragliding out of the plane after... Yeah, they do. Uh, stealing the uh, liaison again. Uh, so Sam ends up following them, takes a few of the goons out that are paragliding in a chase scene uh, before he's met by enemy helicopters. 
Uh, he ends up using Red Wing to help him fight those, uh, takes a few of them down with Red Wing and on his own. Then he ends up catching up with the head helicopter. Um, but like this, this whole scene is really good. Uh, it's a great dogfight chase scene and it's the cinematography of it is on the level of what we've seen in the Mandalorian, uh, for their few dogfights that they show. Um, but speaking of that, I, we were talking before this and Andy had a really good, uh, comparison between the dogfights in Star Wars and, uh, in this. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really care for dogfight scenes and extended ones like this. Like it went on too long. Um, but I feel like this doesn't like when you don't have dialogue and scenes to like give story and context, it's just there to like, I, it doesn't serve a purpose to the story. It's there just to look cool. And that's fine. You can have that. But I felt like this took it away as opposed to maybe some like good dogfight scenes, especially Rogue One is an example of this where you've got the dogfight happening with the um, the X-Wings, Blue Squadron, all this is going on and you get quick burst scenes of this, cool shots, but then you go back to the story. You see what the characters are up to. I felt like this lacked a lot of that. It was the cool action stuff. Ted, you also posed the question here, like, wouldn't the paragliders just be, like, sucked up into, um, well, you know, the helicopter? Yeah, I, I did think about that, because, like, it looked cool, but I'm like, I don't think they have enough resistance to keep their position when there's a helicopter blade right above them. And, and I don't know the science of it, so if I'm wrong, fucking forgive me, I guess, but... No, you're, like, you gotta, you have to, I get it, you have to suspend your disbelief, but one of the things that Marvel, I guess, does really good is, like, keeping things grounded. So, the moment they jumped out of those planes, or the plane with the um the gliders, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm out. Like, this whole thing is gonna be absurd. Like, there's right. no way any of this would have happened. Like, this is just complete, okay, yep, we're gonna show a cool action sequence now. So, don't care about physics, don't care about you know what would happen uh, we're just gonna have this really cool we're gonna hop from helicopter to helicopter and somehow these helicopters can fly and get to the exact location and the glider can land right where he needs to and not get sucked up into the blades because of low pressure and that's how a helicopter works <laughs> but that's fine <laughs> I... so i understand that there there is a line in you know these kind of extended dog scene fights and in, in... And I just don't think this crossed it in terms of, you know, is it too much? Um, you know, I think this is actually a really well contextualized extended dogfight scene in that, you know, it's it, it it's it shows what kind of where Falcon is in his hero's journey. You know, he's he's come back from the snap. Now he's got this military contract um, and, you know, the military says, be subtle, not subtle at all. Um, kind of blows his cover right away and then gets into this epic chase scene in the air as Falcon, you know, would be like, of course, you know, the, the, his 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 fights take place in the air. Um, and so and, and they just did it was just really cool, like everything just visually super, super cool. So, you know, I think that. I don't I, I I've I've gone down the rabbit hole of trying to, um, you know, analyze and and justify you know, physics and technology in these types of movies and it, you just can't do it. So I, it just looked really cool to me and it, it was, and it seemed like it was in context. So I loved it. I thought it was an awesome way to start out the the show, the series. Uh, to be fair, as much as I might like have liked 
I don't know, 15 seconds shaved off of this whole sequence. Um, Like the visual part of it, it was like stunning to look at. Like yeah. you could tell Disney said, yeah, take the budget, you know, just you, you need whatever you got. Like it's Use a movie, it. basically. Right. Uh, there you go. I hope that doesn't mean like later on we don't get any things like this. But at the same time, I want to be like, uh, John Favreau, why aren't you asking for this kind of budget too? like we get the dome and all of that? But uh, uh, we could probably have some like other cool stuff and things like that. So Disney, keep these keep these shows going. I like this. Basically a movie. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. Six episode movie. Um, by the way, even if uh, you know, I, I I agree with Zach to an extent uh, that you got to suspend the disbelief on that. I I was just thinking though that either way, it, it's both cool if he actually glides in there, but it would also be cool if they had uh, a deleted scene where he does get sucked up into it, like the real physics, and it's <laughs> just blood sprays from the helicopter and then series over <laughs> no it's a deleted scene for uh it, and it's 17 or older access that's pretty brutal man well you know <laughs> it, it's another market that disney can exploit anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh yeah he catches up to the helicopter and uh, but Trock ends up telling the liaison uh, that Falcon will stop pursuing them once they cross the border into Libyan airspace, which uh, I like this scene because it harkens back to the uh, beginning part where the guy uh, thinks he sees Falcon and then he ends up showing up pretty soon afterward to fight them. Uh, immediately after Batroc says this, Falcon shows up and he's just sitting there in the helicopter. He's like, what's up? And then they start fighting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he kicks the asses of a few of the guys, uh, but Batroc escapes again in the paraglider suit and uh, goes to another helicopter. So he does this yeah, thing twice. Another time <laughs> he, does, like... he does the impossible thing twice, <laughs> which is great. Um, so anyway, maybe that's his superpower and we just don't know it. Is uh, no, controlling just, air just, currents. I mean, they're the best at what they do. You know, that's, who's that's, the, that's the level of true ability. You know, who's the character from Deadpool that like is supposed to be like lucky or whatever? Like nothing. Down there, like a Domino. Domino? Yeah. yeah, that's like this character. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So after he leaps out, Sam pursues him, uh, but crosses into that Libyan airspace and uh, is chased by guided missiles. Uh, he thrusts through the compartment for the helicopter, though. Once his uh, thrusters get back on online, they're taken offline for some reason. I didn't even really see what it was during the fight. Probably got hit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was a. I think it was on the plane. Um, he gets shot in the back, and then he turns around and uses the wings. Was it mm. that point, or was it when he was in the air? So at some point, he gets shot. Yeah, I, I I do like that wing scene where he uses it as a shield. I don't know if that's the one, but I missed it either way. Um, so yeah, he uh, shoots himself through the compartment uh, where he grabs onto the liaison, and he goes kind of careening out of there. And then the missiles that were chasing him go right for the helicopter, and then Batroc escapes a third time. So he barely escapes. He's alive somewhere, so I'm sure he'll show up in some way, shape, or form somewhere else. Um, 
So, after that, uh, Torres, when they're on the ground, tells Sam that there are these terrorists called Flag Smashers uh, who think the world was better after the snap with less people and they want a world that's unified without borders. So, like, it sounds like kind of one of those 50-50 propositions of, like, half good idea, half bad idea. Like, living without borders sounds great and idealistic. But this whole thing where, well, we were okay with the snap where it got rid of half of the population, not so right. much. Right, right, yeah. Um, so, where was I here? Um, I do. This is an, a, a really nice introduction into the character Torres, though, because we get this, like, exchange between him and Sam, and it's like there's funny moments between the two of them. So I'm excited to see, like, where this is going to go. Um, you know, like obviously we've had you talked about the the reddit thing where people are saying he's going to be like an, a future mcu character i wish we didn't have some of that speculation because it kind of ruins it for the people that don't know these things like my first thought with him was like i, I kind of liked him as a character but i was also kind of skeptical too of like what why is he like know so much about this terrorist organization is this one of those things where they're gonna like make it look like he's trying to find out more information but it, he's gonna turn out to be like the actual like big baddie or something like that that's where my mind goes with these things and then hmm. you know reddit will just be like oh it's that character from this comic book and like oh cool well i guess now i don't get to you know speculate now but that's fine i did like the exchange though so like what's yeah. happening i thought it was funny all of that great scene i i get where you're coming from i i also think though that uh, and i think zach and i have talked about this before like just the way marvel seeds things throughout their properties and it's because they can just pick and pull from any little piece of something it they do that all the time where they put a guy with a particular comic book character's name into something as a minor thing but it's with the thought that like well this doesn't have to become a thing but it totally could and you know that sets them up for future storytelling and an unlimited amount of it so they do a good job of just throwing stuff in there that's like not going to throw things off too far because it's not super important. But if they really wanted to, they could say, yep, he's going to be the new Falcon now. Remember him? He's in here. And it's canon in the comics. So they do a great yeah. job with that stuff. Yeah, they kind of leave it open-ended with some flexibility in there. You know, like even, you know, a great example of that is um, in, you know, with uh, Donald Glover's character. Um you know, plays uh, Miles Morales's uncle, right? Yeah. And so, like th that, that thread could turn into something with like the the Spider Verse, or it could not. It's just a, it's just an Easter egg, you know, kind of a cool coincidence. Absolutely, you know, they do that all the time. You know, I, I, I love that sort of thing. And Torres, I really think that, like, I love the. I, I actually thought going into this that we would see more of a buddy cop type thing with Bucky and in in Sam and it still may turn out to be like that but I kind of like this Taurus and Sam buddy cop uh you know kind of eye in the sky man on the you know man on the in the chair sort of um duo I think it would it'd be cool to see that continue yeah I like that it kind of subverted the expectation especially with uh the trailers and stuff that they were putting out that it's like all uh, Winter Soldier and all Falcon all together at all times. And right. uh, yeah, 
Some people well, I think we'll get there. I like this is episode one. Yeah. I think that's the setup to it. But you know? right. some people like were said, expecting well that happen. though. Some people were saying on Reddit, you know, I thought it was really boring. I expected this, and I didn't really get that. And people really need to, with everything that they're fans of, just put the expectations out the window. You know, keep things that you want to happen. I guess that's fine, but don't get so bent out of shape when it doesn't happen. Or when it doesn't happen at the pace that you want it to. and Because it might eventually happen. Well, could we, maybe could we earmark this conversation? Because I'd like to come back to it. Because I think it has to do with, like, I was mentioning, like, expectations for the show and mm-hmm. whatnot. Because I think there's more to say on this. Yeah, um, absolutely. If fans, people saying it's, like, boring. Um, as a non-fan perspective, I think I can agree with some of that. And I, I, I think it might be served in a better place. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but we'll come back to this for sure. Um, yeah, so, uh, speaking of the Flag Smashers, I just wanted to make a note that I did find out that the Flag Smasher is a villain. Um, Mm. I don't know if it's that guy that we see later on, specifically, but it's interesting that they're using the name of a singular villain as a group currently. It might trail off into that in the future here, but... I, I just thought that was interesting, and I didn't want to look too much into them just because it could go in any direction with that. So uh, I just wanted to make a note of it that it's like one of those kind of canon things that you can pick and pull from and uh, use well, in whatever way you want. I mean, it sounds actually really similar to both Sam and Bucky. You know, Bucky was a part of a program called Winter Soldier, and now he's the only remaining Winter Soldier. So. Right. At so facto, he's the Winter Soldier, and same thing with Sam. Like they're they, they he took his name Falcon from the project that he was working mm-hmm. on. You know, there's always those types of connections and reasons why you know these villains are and, and heroes are named the way they are. So we'll probably see the leader of the Flag Smashers be Flag Smasher. Yeah, make, makes perfect sense. That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. This uh, picture of um, he looks like Space Ghost. I I want Space Ghost in the MCU. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I love the guy who does the voice of Space Ghost. That would be great if it were just him. Um, I thought this was funny. He just uh, tells Sam that there are conspiracy theories that Steve is on the moon. Um, like, asking where he's been and what he's up to and all that. Because it's left open-ended uh, after Steve gives him that shield. Like, is Steve still alive and he's just, like, in a retirement home? Is he dead? What's going on? And he's being honored at the beginning of the episode, but is it because he's dead or is it because he's retired? So it's one of those interesting things. Um, so speaking of that, Sam ends up giving a speech about Cap at the Smithsonian. Uh, he says that the world needs new heroes and donates the shield to the Smithsonian, which will come up later. Um, he ends up having a casual conversation with uh, James Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, and uh, he asks him why he didn't take up the Captain America mantle. And he says what he said at the beginning of the episode, which was he just didn't feel that the shield was his, uh, that it didn't fit with him. And by the way, we didn't cover uh, War Machine before because I don't think he's going to show up other than a cameo in this first episode. So it yeah, doesn't really probably. make sense. Um, That's probably like a billing thing, too. I'm thinking like Don Cheadle, you know, how yeah. much is and they have to get paid which is a bummer because i yeah i love his relationship with sam in the movies yeah Uh, the the roadie and sam relationship is really absolutely as the sidekicks to the main guy yeah yeah 
Yep. Um, well, and that's just it. Like this idea here is who one of these is supposed to become the main guy. You know, the idea is that Cap handed the shield uh, to Falcon to say, "Hey, like you're 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 the guy. You're you're the one. Take the shield." Uh, and then he doesn't feel like he's deserving of it that it isn't his shield but like yeah. don Cheadle in this moment's like no man like this is why like why did you say no this yeah is, this is the greatest thing like we need this we need yeah. this you need this so yeah roadie's fucking thinking the moment tony would hand off his fucking armor to me you know i'd take it because that's pretty much what he does in uh iron man 2 he is very quick to get into iron man armor and uh become war machine so I, I think he'd be pretty excited about it. So he's like, yo, Falcon, why the fuck didn't you take that shield? Take it. Do it, man. Well, and I I think in Sam's perspective, too, like, it, it's not just that he think he doesn't think he deserves to be Captain America. He thinks that the world needs to move on from Captain America mm-hmm. and and have new heroes and not dwell on, you know, the 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 the, the guard of old, so to say. Absolutely. Uh... I mean, yes, but, like, it is literally about the sh- Like, he does not feel like he's worthy of the shield. Yeah, but he does say in his speech, uh, like Zach said, that uh, they need new heroes. And that's right but before that's, he does donate it. But that's, like, a spe- like that's the speech. It's like, that's how he's presenting the case. Like, it, no, what we really need is new heroes. But that's not what he really believes. That's the excuse he's giving because he doesn't feel worthy to pick up the shield. He says when he holds it, it feels like it belongs to somebody else. So right. this is that's, that's his fair. excuse. He's not using that to say like he he could genuinely believe that the world does need new heroes, but that's not the actual reason why he's not taking up the mantle. Well, right, right. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right, and we see that it you know he kind of he, he he almost understands at the end of this episode that he made a mistake. Yeah, and and that gets to the point of like the what the show is going to be about. It's the shield. I like this little foreshadowing. Oh, I'm not worthy to take this, so we're going to put right. it in a museum. Yeah. Well, you know, plus he could be like, you know, isn't Captain America kind of stale? We've had him since the 1940s. Let's move on already. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. Nice. <laughs> Good reference. Absolutely. Um, So now we flash to a dream sequence where the Winter Soldier, so not Bucky, it's the Winter Soldier, long hair, the mask, looking dope as fuck. Uh, assassinating people in a hotel and he ends the assassinations with killing an innocent Asian man who's witnessing it. And that's the end of the dream and Bucky ends up waking up and he's in a sweat, you know, the classic reliving a literal nightmare in your life, having a dream about it type of thing. Soon after, he goes to see a shrink who asks him if he's having nightmares and he says no. Uh, yeah, it fu- seems to be a pretty recurring thing for him. Yeah. Having these these nightmares. Yeah, so this leads to the next thing, which is uh, he's been pardoned for his role as the Winter Soldier, but part of his pardon is in some way making amends for a lot of the things he's done. You know, even though he was not under his own control, he is a superhuman human now, and he can do something about it, so there are ways he can make amends because he feels immense guilt over the thing, too. So he tells the shrink. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I like the the rules that the that she gives them. Yeah. Like what what are the rules? Like number one, um, oh, 
what was i forget the first rule but the second rule is don't hurt anyone and his line is like well uh because he doesn't remember it right away she's like you don't hurt anyone he's like well if that's so important why isn't rule number one you know like (laughs) yeah their dynamic's pretty good uh when she starts writing things down when he's not talking and he says that's passive aggressive yeah (laughs) um so again making amends for everything that he's done and uh one of the most recent times he's made amends he tells her was that he was able to turn in a politician who was using hydra influence for political gain uh he does this non-violently and that's one of the rules uh by using a, a remote control for her car essentially taking remote control of it and uh then he Rolls down the window, punches the guy next to her, and says, Hey, remember me? I was the Winter Soldier. I'm not anymore. Uh, you're part of me making amends. And then he just walks away after he smiles at her, and uh, she's surrounded by police, which is just great. That's rule number three. He has to tell people, like, what, you know, who he is and what's going on. Yeah. Uh, just like, yep, I'm, you know, I'm the Winter Soldier, or not the Winter Soldier anymore. So what I'm doing is all about my recovery process. Thank you yeah. for complying. Yeah, it's like the guy in AA uh, going to make amends and uh, telling people very yeah. lackadaisically about it because they've told everybody already. Yeah. yeah, very interesting dynamic there. Um, so she points out that it's really sad that he's over 100 years old and has no friends uh, and that he refuses to make any. Uh, she ends up saying that he has had no time to calm himself and has gone from one fight to another for 90 years um so you know he's making excuses for not making connections with anybody she actually says too that sam is one of the people that tries to connect with him and he's not responding to that so you know it's looking pretty sad for him but soon after we meet mr nakajima who's an old asian man who he has befriended and uh, they end up going to grab lunch at a sushi bar. By the way, this is after, I don't know what you guys thought of this, uh, but the the whole unique character who was introduced, just for a second. Do you guys remember that guy who's putting his trash in this guy's uh, yeah, trash it's, can? It's, he yeah, says, like Monique. Yeah, but yeah. Hey, my, yeah. hey, my name's Mo- or unique, but like Monique, but unique for uniqueness. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. Yeah, really cool really cool character yeah yeah it'll pay dividends in the um, well, absolutely. return of the avengers that's, part three that's the thing I, i'm making fun of it right now but there probably is some really obscure yeah. 1930s hero named unique and so he's like whoa 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 you better punt the brakes there because he could show up at any time <laughs> he was rebooted in 2002 as a gr- gritty reboot <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man don't come after me people sorry um yeah so they go to a sushi bar for lunch uh he he does the old man thing of uh kind of being the wig man and says you should ask out the bartender because they're flirting together and uh he's like no 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 don't do it and she overhears them and agrees to go on a date with bucky so that's a cute little scene there uh but soon after that uh, Mr. Nakajima starts talking about his son and how he was killed uh, and like how much he misses him and everything like that. And you realize 
that's probably the guy that was killed by the Winter Soldier in the dream, uh, that innocent Asian man. Um, so that kind of comes full circle, and you actually hear that Winter Soldier, not even theme, but that there's a little like sound bite that goes along with the Winter Soldier in the Winter Soldier when he is under that control, and it's this just kind of screech like, and you hear that underneath that, so that definitely tells you it was him. Uh, well, and it's confirmed too when they show the picture of the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, later on, yeah. this was a really troubling scene to watch. I don't know what it is about, like just the times we're living in right now. But like how I, I, um, not it's, I, it's ironic, uh, but grossly ironic in some ways that you've got an Asian character being the center of, um, you know, tragedy. A homicide, tragedy, right? Yeah. And what's going on in today's world? Like Disney did not plan this. Like they, they, they uh, how could they have you know predicted these things to come? But what does that tell you about our society right now? You know, just like where things are at and how art reflects the world we live in. And I, I good on them. Like it's a really I think a subtle way of um them being like obviously like inclusive of all different cultures and races. But then like the fact that it's like drawing our attention to this at a time when we are hyper aware of this. Uh, is kind of a, a good reminder of these things. So, like, I'm glad that Disney does this and does not, like, shy away from using different cultures and peoples in their shows uh, to give representation because then it gives us this moment to, like, reflect the society and see, like, oh, okay, our values, maybe we, sh we should be more uh, careful of how we treat others and be respectful and things like that. We can see it in a TV show. Yeah, or you could just get mad about it on the internet, too. You could. That's the alternative. Go on Twitter and get mad that uh, anybody is anything different from you. Anyway, sorry to bring it down after that. That Those were beautiful words, Andy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we go back to Sam. He ends up visiting his sister, Sarah, uh, who wants to help her floundering fishing business guys floundering fishing business floundering. thank oh, you thank God. you thank you um i made sure to put that in there uh she wants to sell the boat and the house uh which belonged to her parents uh but he obviously doesn't want her to because this is one of those situations where he's worried about losing his family's legacy so like even though they're going under they're struggling he wants those pieces of his family that they lost to remain a part of them. So uh, we go back to Bucky. He's on the date with the bartender. They end up playing Battleship and taking shots, which looks like a wonderful date. Uh, they take shots every time uh, somebody gets a hit in Battleship. Mm -hmm. um, and then... The irony is not lost on me this e on this scene either, though, because this is like a Japanese woman battleship. Like yeah. you're playing with a war vet, uh, a um, World War II vet, a no World less. War II vet. Yeah, yeah. like uh, mm, good on them for this. Like it, it's clever. I like these writers; they do a good job. Yeah, it, it's not on the nose, but it's powerful at the same time. Um. So yeah, and in that he ends up making a joke about how he's like 106 years old, and she laughs it off. It's like. What the fuck? No way. I was surprised she didn't ask, though, because he's wearing leather gloves, uh, obviously, to cover up his uh, metallic appendage. 
I was surprised she didn't get to a point where she's like, hey, what the fuck's with the gloves? You know, we're well, inside. No, she does. She asks him. She does? Yeah. She, I must she have goes, missed uh, that. What's, what's the deal with the gloves? And he goes, uh, I've got a she, circulation yeah, she issue. she does. Oh, I, I totally missed that. I must have been yeah. thinking so hard, like, in the moment. I'm like, really upset that they haven't referenced this yet. Um, maybe that's what I was doing. Just in my head about it, and then I missed it. I'm like, yep, they didn't even fucking do it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, in this, she ends up adding a little bit more to the Mr. Nakajima story, just saying, you know, that losing his son really ruined him. If, uh, you weren't feeling bad enough, it really ruined him. Uh, so now we called exposition right there. Oh yeah. Oh, what the real devastating part is he doesn't know how it happened. That would bring him closure. Right. 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 Right, and he, absolutely. He freaks out and, and <laughs> runs off. Yeah, just Winter Soldier's arm starts twitching, <laughs> going out of control. Um, so now we go to the Flag Smashers. So they were referenced earlier. Um, they rob a bank, it looks like. Was it a bank? I thought it was a bank. Yeah, it looks like a bank. Okay. I, I wasn't yeah, sure. They, yeah. they didn't really confirm. Uh, so it's a bank, and... What ends up happening is uh, Torres goes to this gathering that's supposed to happen of these Flag Smashers. And he's trying to infiltrate it, so he goes there, has a little phone invite, puts on this mask with a handprint on it, like all of these other Flag Smashers. And he's like, what are we supposed to be doing here? And then just suddenly, one dude with a Flag Smashers mask jumps out of the top story window of this bank and just lands like no problem. So clearly some kind of superhuman of some sort. And these people are here essentially to cause a distraction. So they just suddenly go into chaos and they're all wearing the same masks and they all start screaming and running and it's all a distraction. So this guy can hand off the two bags of presumably money to to other guys in masks and then... Torres is the only one who notices any of this because he's obviously not there to cause a distraction. So he goes after the guy who originally stole the stuff and he's like, hey, you're fucking under arrest. Take off the mask. And uh, he's got a gun out and the guy just grabs his arm when he tries to punch him and clearly superhuman throws him back and uh, almost curb stomps him, just kind of smashes his face in with his boot. Uh, luckily, it wasn't. Yeah, he was curb. out. Yeah, he was absolutely out. Super. He got knocked cold. Yep. There's blood, bruising, and everything. Probably broke part of his jaw. I wouldn't be surprised. Um. He he broke his his optical. Uh, oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. He says it. Yeah. When, yeah. When when he talks to Sam here right after that. Um, right. So. There were some cool things that happened in that that scene though that I really like. So like the. Okay breakdown of like how the robbery took place like he shows up first he has the camera um you know it was like another oh, phone right. in his pocket to like record right. the whole thing so you get like that kind of pov look of what's going on but the way that the robbery like unfolded was when the metahuman you know comes out with the bags of money there's another group of these terrorists that come up with bags of masks and so they're handing out the masks like you said to cause the chaos but then throughout that chaos, they're just passing the bags from one mass person to another to like just confuse everyone. So you would like not right. know what's going on that like yeah. 
kind of really cool to see that unfold because it's like, wow, okay, this, this is a well-organized group then. This isn't just some, you know, whatever thing happening. Clearly there's a, a mastermind behind this because they're putting in the time to, to think about, you know, strategy with this. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, all, it's, it's also very cult-like. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, there's, there's a very centralized group of organizers, and then they have all of these, you know, kind of underlings that don't really seem to have a huge connection because everything is just like, oh, if, like if you have this secret code, you know, it's kind of like a dark web type thing mm-hmm. where like, you know, if you have this, come, come here, and then they're just using them to get away with what, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And in this case, it's robbing a bank, but who knows what it could be in the future you know so they have these kind of this mindless group group think you know cult underneath them that's just doing whatever they're asked to do to do and and ted's point about like the 50 50 you know half good half bad like you probably take advantage of these normal people by like the good things like oh yeah we're trying to you know uh unite humanity again bring us back under you know all one banner of one people that's what we're here for um, and then, so you've got those bystanders who look to that and say like, oh yeah, like I want to, want to be a part of that. That sounds good. Oh, and all you have to do is do this game essentially on your phone. And there's kind of like a clout piece to it too, I'm sure among these people and things. So like, it just, yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. really, I like this. I like this setup for like a, a bad group of people. Yeah. I will say though, with, uh, having those two, uh, dueling mantras, they're kind of going above and beyond because if, as we're learning in society today, you don't even have to have the good part that people can mistake this for uh, and like really latch on to for people to just form a cult. So that's just fun stuff going on in the world today. Anyway, um, so Sam and Sarah end up going to the bank for a business loan later on. And the bank rec- the banker recognizes Falcon, which is a pretty funny scene. And uh, and he's like, I didn't really want to say anything. And he does a little uh, flappy thing behind his head uh, when the guy feels like he recognizes him. And uh, takes a selfie with him. Sam ends up being upset after that, though, because uh, they find that his status as, his Fal- as Falcon isn't like helping him clout wise to get the loan he was really hoping it would kind of get them over the hurdle and uh it really didn't the guy said that you know it's tough to give out loans to people who have been gone for five years uh due to the snap since they have no financials and you know sam points out the ridiculous of that the ridiculousness of that is essentially these people were dead for five years and they came back and you're punishing them for that but he ultimately doesn't budge on that, which is unfortunate. So they're kind of left with no options as far as that is concerned. Um, well, I, I, I find is a kind of an interesting thing on, on this scene is that, you know, it's just opposed kind of well with the idea that Sam doesn't think he's worthy of Cap's shield and kind of wants to get back into almost like civilian life. Um, but this scene kind of shows us that he doesn't have the cloud as a civilian that he does as a hero, you know? And like he, he thought for sure, like his status as an Avenger would help him as a civilian and, 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 and get, be able to get off the ground. But his, you know, the, even, even, you know, bankers and, and regular people, they still don't have the, the, 
I don't know if it's respect, but it, they, you know, he doesn't have the same um, energy as a civilian that he does as a hero. And I think that's going to play into his arc. That's fair. They're kind of accepting the hero's journey, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. In order to proceed, he must, like, choose this path. Yeah. Right. Right. And separate uh, the like... two. I'm oh, sorry, Ted. Oh, sorry. I was just saying separating the two, uh, the hero and the person, and not trying to conflate them into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like this scene because it is, uh, like, an obvious uh, allegory to socioeconomic um, disparity to say, like, totally. yeah, here are these people um, who don't have the, you know, the privilege of being alive during the snap. Therefore, they don't have access to these um, much needed, you know, high sums of money that other people would have access to. And of course, the people delivering this message are two people of color. So like it's, I think it's a very powerful. Again, great on, good on Disney to do these things. You know, yeah. They, they, as much as we can hate on the corporation for what corporations do, um, but there are sometimes really good things that can come from them, uh, just allowing their creators to be creators and give the content that they want to give, and not be like, oh no, we can't do that because it doesn't look, um, you know, neutral. It kind of looks like it's fitting someone's agenda. No, it's not an agenda. It's reality. And yeah. this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, you're, that's a that's a great point. I mean, this is a really um, pretty direct metaphor for, you know, uh, equality and in, in, or inequality and injustice. Uh, you know, it's a different different type of injustice than we see in in our world, but it's a it's a pretty direct metaphor for it. I mean, it's and pretty it, close. Well, and it wasn't intended to be this by any means, but like the snap is almost like an allegory or an allegory for uh, a pandemic or some major disaster. So like you have the pandemic, which is going on, people lost their jobs. They've not had, you know, a source of income for a year now, mm. uh, or they've had to change that income and now it's much lower. And then, Oh, all of a sudden, like we have access to things again. And it seems like there's a recovery happening, but these people, Oh, you, you've been unemployed for this year why have you been unemployed we can't hire you that doesn't look good you've been you know without a job or oh yeah. you want to get on a loan right. right now oh you don't have six months of uh you know stable uh, a stable job no you can't buy a house right now you yeah or you had a house why haven't you paid the last five years of your mortgage your payments mortgage. oh exactly. well i was dead well that doesn't change your obligation yeah mm -hmm. I, I can see a lot of that for sure yeah um so to quickly wrap things up here, uh, Torres ends up telling Sam about the Flag Smashers and what happens to him. So Sam has access now to that camera in the pocket video that Torres had. Uh, so he's aware of them and what's going on, and uh, that's on his radar. Then immediately after that, to end the episode... Sarah just gets his attention and like classic in movies and TV shows. It's like, look what's happening on TV right now, which is always weird because they come in and turn on the TV and it's like, look at what's happening on TV. It's like, where were you just a moment ago? Were you just in another room watching another TV or <laughs> it, like, how'd you know this was happening? Right yeah. Now? <laughs> like I got a, I got a text message on my phone that something was about to happen. We better watch this. I, I love like thinking about where the fuck did these people come from? Cause it's like just such a trope that doesn't think about like how people function in reality. It's just about like, we got to do the thing. We got to get it out there somewhere. 
and it it always bothers me and uh, makes me laugh. It's almost it's like it's all... just overlooked. Yeah. So, sorry. It's, it's almost like it's just overlooked. Like they could have, she could have just had the TV on beforehand and, and say, Sam, come look. I guess look. it's more dramatic though it's, to like see the TV know, turn on, I guess. Well, that's just it. The, the trope is not only do you see the TV turn on, but the moment it turns on, it's not in the middle of when they're speaking. It's like the person, they've got their papers. <laughs> and now I'm going to read the thing right. that they were just talking about. Oh, okay. Right. Cool. <laughs> Oh, so lucky. Like, really good timing. Because usually when people tell me to watch something, we're sitting there for, like, five minutes. Like, when the fuck is this going to happen? When are you going to be on the local news? Just tell me. Because we've been sitting here for yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, the the press conference is an hour and a half late. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all sitting there waiting for it. Yeah. And then finally it happens. It's, uh, you know, it wasn't all you were cracking up to be. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, sorry to devolve that part of the conversation here, but there is an announcement going on on TV after she uh, brings his attention to it, and uh, it's a representative from the Department of De the Defense, and he announces, "Hey, check it out! We got a new white guy in the Captain America suit, Captain America suit." And uh, guy comes out. Uh, I, I'm sure there's like a freeze frame of when they do show his face for a split second. Somebody probably yeah. has it. But uh, you are not really able to see who it is. It's definitely not somebody we know, He's, though. He looks like a dweeb in that Captain yeah. America suit. <laughs> I, I've seen uh, Well, everybody's saying, you know, that's not America's ass. That is not America's ass. <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't fill it out the same way. <laughs> no way. You know, they, they got to get it tailored to him. <laughs> yeah, he's like 40 pounds lighter. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's wearing the suit and shield. And Sam's just looking at the TV like, what the fuck, man? And oh, he's, uh, he, he, Yeah, he's like, I can't, what did I do? Yeah. I should have known that this is going to happen. Sam's essentially like, has anybody been watching this episode? Because I kept saying, this is exactly what I didn't want here. Yeah. And it happens. And uh, yeah. that's pretty much it. Um, I didn't see an end credit scene. Was there one, guys? There was not. I I looked. But the, no, I, I looked, too. I wasn't sure if I just had missed it while fast-forwarding. But I, that's a similar issue i guess for a lot of viewers to wandavision is there's seven minutes of fucking credits but to be fair these are movie level projects which is why they're showing so many credits like people don't like that there's no end credit scene and i get it and i look for it too but ultimately it like these people deserve some fucking credit for what they do and uh you know, it's yeah, I think they're not thinking it, about it also scene. needs to be effective. It needs to be effective. If if the, like in the first episode, do you need an end credit scene or can we just look watch the next episode? Right. Like I it, can't at the wait end of seven the series, days. I need more to speculate on. I don't I just don't think there needs to like at the end of the series, there's there's going to be the, the end credit scene for to set up the next series or another, you know, a different part of the, the story. Yeah. We don't need it in the first episode. All right, uh, let me let me counter that with the discussion I want to talk about earlier, which is the some of the disappointment disappointment with this episode. So one of the issues that I had with this episode was it felt too long. This was the like I, I just watched the four hour freaking Justice League, and 
in some ways this felt longer because it was like they were trying to tell so much of the setup with this episode. I could easily see this episode broken up into like two smaller. It was 49 minutes long with seven minutes of credit. So 42 minutes in total. So, okay, I could see this broken up into 21 minute episodes with maybe more like added scenes to this where you could throw in like the very last thing that we got as a uh, post credit scene where like, oh, you know, now we get the the second Captain America dude like that makes sense as a post credit scene. And when you expect that, I guess, as a Marvel fan, I can see why you're disappointed because it's your expectations. But they essentially did that same thing just at the end of this movie. It's a or movie end of this episode. It's a cliffhanger, right? Here's the, the thing. And right. then cliffhanger, which would be ruined by something else later because it takes away from the cliffhanger. You, you, you yeah, spoil. If you want if, if to like, take that scene as an end credit scene, you can do that. You know, like if, 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 if that scene was just put after the credits that there's your end credit scene it just doesn't you know it doesn't have to be set up that way i don't think i think there's a big difference too uh between like i i understand the expectation because it's it's there and it's just a thing that's at the end of these movies in the mcu but those movies usually have some kind of resolution at the end this is the first episode of a tv show there's a mm-hmm. reason that you put the post credit scene because usually it's connective tissue to the next thing that's not necessarily the next Iron Man if you're watching Iron Man 2 or the next Thor if you're watching Thor. It's mm-hmm. connecting to Howard the fucking Duck has shown up in end credit scenes before. Um, just planting little seeds for things in the future or tying back to things. We don't need it for next week's episode it just doesn't make sense makes no sense you save it for the last episode of the season and then you give people a year to speculate until the next movie or whatever connects to this directly happens Mm -hmm. i almost see it's more appropriate for if we're gonna do like these end credit scene things um because i did not like them in wandavision where it was like wait there was an end credit scene in like the what middle episode of the series it was like now i have to go back and watch that because there wasn't any in the the previous episodes like it was used sporadically so i think it makes more sense why don't you just do it at the end of the season like in the the season finale just like at the end of a movie um i think that's a more reasonable expectation marvel fans than expecting there to be a end credit scene at the end of every episode that doesn't make any sense to do it yeah a hundred percent agreed and it's still not gonna i say this well, also knowing I'm going to fast forward just to check because it is you're gonna seven watch it. You're going to check every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm not like faulting people for checking or anything like that, but you just got to kind of understand what we're watching right now because even though it is an extended movie, the movie's not over. So it's just scenes right. of the movie. It's parts of the movie. So once we get to yeah. the end of that, that's when we get the end credit scene tying into whatever the fuck they're going to tie it into. The, the, these series, I mean, for, for anybody that's seen Justice League, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's split up into parts. And it, it's essentially the same thing that we would get, you know, if this was a one four-hour movie. These these episodes are just different parts of the same movie, you know, in terms of runtime. So 
leaving, uh, I guess the, the overall point is leaving it to the end, waiting until we actually have an effective reason to use an end credit scene or, or a, a, a gigantic cliffhanger or foreshadowing for something else in the universe. Let's, let's actually use it effectively. And I think they do that. I think they do a good job. Absolutely. You know, at least in WandaVision, you know, that was, they did a great job with that. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and I think this is an opportunity for not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe to keep doing this with the TV shows. And it's weird to call them TV shows because although you watch them on a TV, these are way different than what I would categorize like TV shows of the oh, past. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. The, like, And even when we say like miniseries um, or limited run series, like I think we need a new term to like cover these things. And I hope more franchises do this. Like I referring back cinematic to the series. That's, yeah. I love that's how, that. how I would refer to it. Yeah. We get this episodic thing that could be, but it was done in four hours, whatever. Same thing with this show. It's going to be like a long runtime show. And then it's like an event. It's like something that occurs. And then you can look forward to the movies too. And I like watching movies, something that's about two hours long worth of time, but man, there's something good about this long form storytelling. And I think it works way really, better. Really good. Yeah. I'm more curious, like as a, again, not an MCU fan. I'm more interested in watching these shows than necessarily the movies. Like I can get invested to the show, the movie, and eventually, we're, Leslie and I, we're going to go back. We're going to watch all the Marvel movies. We keep talking about it because we're ex we're excited to do it at some point. Do it. But like, I'm I just like the the television stuff. The where it's like, okay, now we get a week to talk about it. It's going to be the water cooler chat with things. And then we're going to get the next episode. We're gonna, oh, did you see that? And it's just like going to keep going and going as opposed to a movie. You might talk about it once afterwards and then never talk about it again. Um, so this episode thing keeps the conversation going. And that's one of the things I like about it. So I hope yeah. more franchises do this. The, the yeah. format really is so engaging and effective. Uh, and yeah, it's my it's so far like, if, if, you know, after watching all of these movies, this is my favorite way to consume this type of of story it, it really is awesome like did you guys watch agents of shield or any of the netflix I never did. marvel shows i watched agents of shield watched for netflix a time ones, but... Uh, but gave up on it after a while it's just not even close no, i i haven't seen it but that's like even close network television right that's the the type of tv yeah. show yeah. well that's th what think about like, the people... effects they use in network tv compared to this like that's it's night and day that's why it's just like a whole it's a different categorically these are n not the same things as those tv shows and that's just it yeah. like you have why did agents of shield i don't know if it flopped if that's the way to describe what happened to it but like they or him and hauling or if it like was ever really a part of the mcu and it's now it's definitely not a part of the mcu but like it could have been and it didn't work but this works this is the second time Marvel has done it, yep. and it's our, the first episode, and it's like, yeah, this is a smashing success. No, uh, WandaVision was the most watched or popular or something like that um, TV show uh, when it was out streaming, so I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and and Mandalorian was a smashing success. Yep. You know, it's it is from the same studio essentially. You know, these the the this format they have they've they've really captured the the right way to do this you know absolutely so um anything else we want to talk about before we uh wrap this up 
maybe some speculation on what might happen next, if you guys have any ideas on that. I mean, I don't think any of us are really experts in the area of Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, even Captain America and all the branchings off of that, other than what we get exposed to in the MCU and subsequently look up on Wikipedia to find out that, oh, Romlo's crossbones and stuff like this. It's just understanding who people are and like you sound like you're a big fan of the comics but you just are able to google everything which is actually really nice for our understanding uh, i'm but, a big fan of googling yeah uh, but like in terms of like where's this show going speculating uh i can think of like the broad strokes like i think this first episode did a really good job of setting it up you've got the two main characters who one is uh unwilling to go down the journey that he needs to go down to which is falcon accepting to become the next captain america or pick up the shield and then you've got bucky who he's willing to go on this journey he's trying to go on this this redemption arc um through whatever he's doing crossing these names off his list but it's probably going to be the case that's not what you need to do to redeem yourself you don't need to go down and check off these these people your task is this other thing so what is that other thing? It's probably related to what Falcon's doing. It's them coming together to like recapture who Captain America was um, or what that role is going forward to bring it into the, the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The story we're going to get to get there, no idea what's going to happen. Definitely this terrorist group probably is going to be revealed to be more than what we already know. We've already seen the metahuman stuff. Is this an introduction to mutants can we get that speculation going are they gonna introduce the 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 what's the superhuman serum or whatever but maybe it like now it um actually it's infecting people's dna and it's now the x gene or whatever that's being unleashed it gets mixed into a vaccine if you want to tie it into today (laughs) i I like that uh but I, i i could see it going that way um I will lower my expectations to those who might have been really big on the mutants in the WandaVision theories going on. Uh, But I could see it happening now. Like, I think they're they're laying the breadcrumbs for stuff like that to pop up. So um, I think, uh, yeah, broad stroke wise, we can see where the story is going. But I have no idea how the actual like events are going to unfold to get us to that ultimate journey of Falcon picking up the shield, Bucky realizing um he maybe he just needs to just to be the hero i don't know what that is that answer but be whatever bucky needs to be um and i don't know where else it's going to go from there yeah i think that this episode did a good job at it at, at setting up those broad strokes like you said andy you know um there's there's not a, a ton of detail to show you exactly where things are going to go but there's a lot of story left to tell um, in, in this episode, just set the scene perfectly. You know, it it was, for me, uh, this, it wasn't as engaging as WandaVision and, you know, the, just the curiosity of WandaVision, you know, from the first episode was, was what was really intriguing. This is more of a straightforward, you know, picking up the, where we left off sort of story, um, for, for the Falcon and, uh, and the Winter Soldier, um. But yeah, I'm excited where they're going to go together. It feels like, you know, we we might see Bucky shift into, okay, my my actual task to redeem myself is to go in the path of Steve, you know, and, and maybe help Falcon get there. 
you know that's that's the only thing that i can think to that 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 we'll probably see happening going forward but you know we'll we'll see where the story leads us you know who knows yeah yeah that's good um i'm just gonna throw out some hashtag hot takes uh oh okay just because the first episode and i feel like i just want to like throw shit at the wall and see like what actually sticks by episode six hedge your bets yeah, not even hedge the bets, but it's like I think it's more interesting to speculate something wild right now than to get to episode five and be like, I really think this thing that's like really set up is going to happen. Um, so <laughs> yeah. you start to see and it fleshed out, and but then it doesn't happen. And then it doesn't. I, I mean, it, it doesn't <laughs> right. happen. You know, I, I just thought yeah. back to Mandalorian and like uh, when we were discussing in the past uh, while that was happening, what we thought was going to happen. It's like, yeah, this has happened and this has happened and this all connects. And, uh, this is definitely going to happen next episode. And this will definitely never happen. And it was the opposite of what we ended up saying for that shit. So, um, but I, I just think it's fun to throw something out there right now. So I'm going to say by the end of this, uh, that Sam does become cap. He takes the mantle. Um, and I think that leaves the door open for Torres uh, I'm just going to go straight into the speculation of that stuff, just like Andy was saying is not the greatest thing ever. Um, and I, I also think uh, somebody brought up an interesting point, and I didn't like overanalyze it, but people were saying that the shield looked a little different than the usual shield that Cap has. And uh, some people were saying it might be a fake, uh, which would makes sense in the sense that there are uh, pieces of footage from the trailers and stuff where uh, Falcon is using the shield. So uh, either it could be a fake or he ends up stealing it back somehow or defeating this new uh, bland cap at some point uh, to get it. And uh, I guess the last thing I want to throw out there, um, I don't want this to happen, but I'm going to say that Bucky has his redemptive arc and uh, finds a way to make amends, like you guys said, a different way than necessarily crossing off names off the list. But in doing so, and it's probably while helping Sam, uh, he ends up dying at the end. Mm. Uh, and, you know, they, they make a point to talk about how old he is right now and how sad everything is because his friend is dead and he's a man out of time. You know, maybe if he helps the man that's in his own time uh, and also gets that closure that he needs, then he's ready to kind of, okay, you know, I I've lived my life. There have been a lot of things happening. I don't need to relive my life as a young man becoming an older man. Uh, a lot of things have happened to me and it was a lot, but I I'm at peace now getting out of here now. Um, so I, I could see him dying in a fight maybe in some way where he sacrifices himself. Uh, not saying I want that to happen because that would be very much in the vein of what happens to Kylo Ren at the end of Rise of Skywalker. It's like he has his redemption, then he's dead. And that's disappointing stuff because you don't get to see more about that. But I think in this case it actually makes more sense just because of the trauma and the uh, history of this character. It, it would be a fitting end for him, frankly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just throwing some shit at the wall. And uh, if any of it's right, then I get to say I was right. So. 
There's that. And, and, the and then I'll get undue credibility. I can't wait to get that Twitter check mark for being the guy who's like, this guy has sources. He predicted this at the very beginning. We got to listen to him. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then everybody's going to shit on me when I never deliver again. It's going to be a great ride. You, you got your expectations set. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see that happen <laughs> with sports all the time where, like, one dude, like, kno- knows the cousin of Aaron Rodgers and knows that he uh, is mad that they drafted Jordan Love or something like that. And uh, it's like, yeah, that's your only source, though, is that your friend is the cousin of Aaron Rodgers or whatever. But people are like, listen to this guy. He knew this. He's got to know other stuff. So when they just make shit up, I'm, that's what it's gonna be me you can be the next mike zero don't know who that is that's a good thing cool 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 um <laughs> all right well on that note <laughs> yeah I, on that note uh you know unlike our usual podcast we don't have to set up the next episode because uh we know what we're going to continue covering it's the next episode of this so uh, we don't have to decide anything, which is nice. That's always a tough thing for us. Um, and, and I guess uh, to end this, I'll say you can follow us on Twitter at Franchise Flicks for me and the podcast in general. Uh, you can follow Andy at Darth Buckman on Twitter. You can follow Zach at underscore Zach Russo. And uh, do you guys want to plug anything real quick? Twitch.tv slash Darth Buckman. So you find me most of the days during the week, uh, streaming video games, talking about Star Wars, shooting the shit, doing whatever. Come hang out. Yeah, and you can uh, find uh, our our series about uh, basically a Star Wars book club. It's uh, at Sacred Jedi Text. You can find us on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, just released episode two, so check out uh, our episode for Into the Dark. Oh, you released it already? Yep. Awesome. Very cool. I can't wait to listen back to it. Um, well, all right. Uh, like, subscribe, all the other shit that you do on YouTube. And uh, if you're listening to audio... Smash that like button. I'm not going to say that shit. <laughs> I, I don't want to be aggressive, you know? Um, no. And everybody listening on audio, listen on your favorite podcast app and uh, subscribe to us there so you can listen to future episodes as they come out. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye.